Hey, welcome to another episode of Create or Die. This is your host, Ike Allred. We just had Halloween, and let me tell you, y'all are in for a treat today. No tricks here. That's right, we've got a good one for you. Let me tell you what. Be ready to have your mind blown with awesome knowledge around growth creation from growing your career or personal brand to growing a business. You may think, hey, I'm here for the art, design, or animation. This doesn't apply to me. Well, let me just say, you're wrong. After listening to this episode, you'll be ready to tackle anything and stand toe-to-toe with anyone, even your metric-loving boss. Oh, yeah. The man behind all of these awesome knowledge nugs is my main man, Bryce Nobles. That's right. Bryce is a growth phenom. He's helped create real growth for dozens of startups as a contractor slash consultant and built lasting success at the few companies who have been lucky enough to call him employee. He was voted one of Utah businesses 30 under 30. He's writing a book. He's traveling the world while raising a family and supporting his wife in pursuit of Olympic gold. Bryce, thanks for joining me on this uh, little podcast show we've got here. This is a privilege to spend <laughs> some time with you, Ike. So I, I'm, I've been looking forward to this all week. Awesome. I love it. So we've known each other for a couple of years now, and, and I've heard your story and um, would just love for you to share with our audience, you know, what, uh, what makes you tick? How did you develop this uh, hustle mentality? It's a long story. Uh, I think uh, just just to say it short, I, I like to say I'm, I live my life very unconventionally. So I just turned 31. I would say in our 20s, uh, it gets summed up by I got this Utah Business 20 under 20 award <laughs> type of thing. So my wife and I, uh, in our 20s, we really just graduated college. I remember when I took my last final, I had a voice note from the realtor of closing on the house. So I got the house, got the truck, got the dog type of thing. <laughs> and we wrote our twenties really on paper really well, yeah. but man, like no offense to people are older. I felt like I was like living in our fifties. We were just like, <laughs> uh, too conventional. I was just like coming the ladder and it was great and very blessed and very, very grateful for, for that hard work we put in and just the luck we had for all that. But about 18 months ago, my wife came up to me and was like, hey, I want to, she played volleyball for BYU and she's yeah. gotten into beach volleyball. She's like, hey, I want to be a pro beach volleyball player. So cool. I was like, how high do you want to shoot for? She's like, I want to <laughs> go for the Olympics. Wow. And I was just like, okay, there's only two teams in America, you know, every four years they get to go. So it's 2024, 2028. So I was like, all right, let's figure it out. So this is where it needs to be. Then we reverse injured near back. Uh, where we're at. So this last, since the 18 months to now, this last year, we've traveled more this year than we've been home. So it's like over 30 weeks. We've been international over 10 weeks. We've been to Qatar, Brazil, Turkey, crazy place, Lithuania, Greece, all these. And then with us, we brought our family the whole time. And I've worked remote the whole time. So I've created this whole uh, brand, if you will, Mm -hmm. of work from anywhere, do your job really well, right? But keep family up front and then enabling it that way. And what I found was, you know, with with all this crazy travel and whatnot, right? Just having uh, that creative mindset of like challenging how everything's structured, right? And it's not easy. Don't tell me it's not easy at all. There's a lot of yeah. uh, sleepless nights, but <laughs> um, 
just saying this is what we want to go do has answered a lot of questions. Like my wife wants to go do this pro athlete thing. For me, I want to go publish a book. Yeah. I do well at my job, right? We have these 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 destinations you want to get to. They're not end destinations, is because if you have an end destination, that's like a Netflix series. When you finish a series, you're like in lull for two weeks. Like oh, I need another. I don't know right. what to do. Right. I don't, my series is done, right? <laughs> so we have these milestones, but then we have this this value plane that we live in to go under. So we've again talk about creative is we've created a lifestyle that inherits a lot of adaptability and, and creation, and out of it, we've really created a whole new way to go live life. Yeah. Uh, which I, I really enjoyed. What an amazing experience. Thanks for sharing that, Bryce. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about uh, your professional career. Where, where'd you start and how did you end up where you are now? I was planning to be a lawyer for okay. that, but my buddy introduced me to the BYU Strategy Club, <laughs> which was pretty fun, where they bring in different businesses and they give you a case study. It basically free consulting from college kids, if you will, right? Yeah. Of this. So they had Walmart come out and they had Walmart say, we want to put a Walmart in New York City, which is totally against their model. Totally. This was, again, before the whole same-day delivery stuff, yeah. uh, really before DoorDash and all those other things were sure. around. can't believe it's been that long, but it's <laughs> been like that. So I did that and... the. In there, they had everyone introduce themselves, and then everyone was laughing. That, oh, it's the humanities guy. It's the only humanities guy in the room. And they made me the team lead, and they gave me three MBA students on my team. I think they, were, they felt bad for me or whatever, right? <laughs> right? But what I found was, again, no, no offense to people that do their MBAs, but I was doing circles around them. Yeah. I was just like using the researching and writing background I had. I was just like going for it. And I was, and I was just blown away by the creative element of business Yeah, where it's, you can just time research and just get really creative with things. And we ended up getting third place in the competition, which was pretty big deal just yeah. for, for not knowing what we're doing there. Uh, and then I was like, wow, I got to get into business. So <laughs> uh, luckily down the street for me, there was this uh, little company called Qualtrics. Uh, yeah. So I started off as an intern there in entry level sales, which is that's that's a uh, the grind of grind roles. Yeah, right. Um, for sure. But I had about a, an awesome four year tenure there. Uh, I call that my MBA of sales going through all that. And yeah. they got acquired by SAP. And then uh, what happened was it's kind of like the MBA free agency when a company gets acquired is people start leaving to different areas in the, in the Silicon Slopes or wherever. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't, I didn't want to be the first to leave and I didn't want to be the last to leave, but I let people leave and settle down and people hopped around different places. And I was just like, okay, let's see where they go. And then there was this uh, one individual that was like, hey, come over here, do marketing. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't do marketing, I'm in sales. <laughs> and it's like, no, we want you to use the word create. I want you to create what you created at Qualtrics. Yeah. And I was like, why not give it a shot, right? Uh, if not, I have a good safety net beneath me, I can go pick other places to go. So I came over here to go create growth yeah. uh, at MX. And you know, use people, process, technology, uh, and data to go create and to go to market with this. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been doing over the last three years is just finding creative ways to go grow the business on a go-to-market standpoint. It's been fun. I love it. And you've uh, really embodied that growth term. I mean, that's your title on LinkedIn. Tell me a little bit more about why yeah. you, you go with that. How you define yourself is how you limit yourself. Yeah, I just nice. try to find the most abstract term as possible. <laughs> uh, I, I don't really believe in titles. Yeah. If I were to ever own a company, 
no one would have a title, but everyone would have a metric they own. Mm -hmm. And so when you come up to me, don't tell me your title because that's dead to me. Mm -hmm. But you say, hey, I do this. And this is how I tilt the needle. And a lot of that's actually been what I've been doing here with the, the marketing team is helping them be extremely database and metric based. And that's really hard to do for marketing teams. Yeah, Most marketing teams are just like, oh, you got the MQL or you got the number of completed one pagers or mm -hmm. number of you know, right tasks completed, whatever, right? <laughs> but like, what is the impact of that? And how do you quantify that? Mm -hmm. So it's like taking that creative uh, and marketing so abstract, that brand impact, right? And trying to quantify it and then iterating that until you can get that more reliable but then you can also make decisions based off of that. Uh, so again, the growth title I have is I actually, I have a clear set of metrics that tie into that. And it's really clear, the closer you get to revenue, the more impact you're gonna have. And then you have no issue when it comes to, to getting more pay or promotions, right. you're tied to revenue. Yeah. And I, I love talking to people that aren't really metric based and getting them tied into that. And you just gotta Google it, right? You yeah. just have to just be like, what's your job? And again, this has already been figured out before. Mm -hmm. Everything's parody, it's monkey see, monkey do better. <laughs> so if you're a designer, you just say ROI of design for marketing or whatever, Google it, yeah, right? Yeah. You'll find all these articles and just iterate off of it and then have great communication with your boss. And don't BS it, but you know, have people call it out. Sure. So, yeah, no, I love that. And that's definitely an area where I know I struggle with and I'm sure other creatives do is how do we tie ourselves to that uh, revenue number, that, that bottom line? Because to your point, it usually is pretty high level, like number of um, pieces of collateral created as opposed to, you know, what was the real impact in that? I mean, I think personally, I've tried to be involved with with big projects or or chum up with uh, the right people, but uh, that only can take you so far. Yeah. And you mentioned like creating a, an asset, right? Well, asset created, but how is that asset applied? Yeah. And in today's world, you can very easily track automatically or also manually, depending on the size of your org, how that piece of content or assets created. And again, that just helps you drive in the, the, the goal here is impact, right? Yeah. It's effort to impact. I would say it's probably, again, I'm not much in the creative space, but I would say it's the effort into that project compared to the, the impact it had. A lot of times you do a lot of effort and maybe it has a little impact or yeah. vice versa, right? Yeah. Um, and that's where you want to find that high impact with low effort. And that's when you're, you're cruising, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? You find your bread and butter mm -hmm. there, right? So. No, I love it. I, I like that. And uh, in preparing for this conversation, uh, you know, we, we chatted for a minute yesterday and uh, you mentioned that you have maybe some secrets to success around business that maybe it's not as complicated as most of us think it is. So if, if someone listening to this podcast wanted to go and create their own business or, or improve business, what, what, what are the secrets? Yeah, if I have like a secret scroll or fortune cookie or whatever of like, what's the secret to business? I would say it's all made up. All made up. It's all made up. Wow. Obviously you can hedge your bets with research or experience or whatever, but at the end of the day, you're get you have a finite amount of resources, people, uh, uh, investment, you know, mm -hmm. budget dollars, uh, and opportunity beforehand. But it's that creative mix of those inputs together create outputs there's one of my favorite visuals 
uh, is it's I call it the, the dotted line cat, right? Yeah. So at first it's a bunch of dots. I think that's like knowledge of just having all the dots on a plane. And then the next one is like connecting the dots, which is experience. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is uh, they connected the dots to make it look like a cat. And right. It's a creativity. I love it. Right. So it's not just about growing your knowledge, growing your experience, but then it's taking those two variables of knowledge and experience mm -hmm. and getting creative to make something that hasn't been created before or a unique mix or just slight, again, like I said, monkey see, monkey do a little bit better with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I, I don't lean on my title to tell me what I do because I, if you lean on your title and say, hey, I'm, I'm in just demand gen or just uh, design, you know, creative marketing, whatever, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. As much as you're not, you are siloed, yeah. uh, you're in that bucket and your knowledge and your expertise is in that domain, but you don't really see across the board. Hopefully, you know, your boss has that more cross departmental alignment, whatever. But don't be afraid to go meet with other people on the team and just have a quick, I call in it- other departments. Yeah, 15 yeah. minute speed date is my favorite huh. thing. And then again, don't say what's your title. Say what's, I like uh, OKRs, objectives, key results. What are you trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. Metrics are my love language, right? Mm -hmm. And then you, you just see that, wow, there's actually a lot of people trying to do the same thing in different channels in different ways. Yeah. But again, you don't need to do this every week, but I'd say once a quarter is really hygienic to do this. And definitely if you're on marketing, meet with everyone in the marketing department. If you're mm -hmm. a decent, if it's under 50 people, right? You can probably sure. get that or just like the leaders of that, right? Even if you're not the leader, right? Just get, talk to your boss. Say, "Hey, I just want to learn a little bit more about what they're doing, right? Yeah. Get to know their metrics, right?" Um, and then that's what that does is that gives you more knowledge, more experience, and then you can more creatively connect dots there mm -hmm. and be go from a reactive state, which I think that's creatives. You live in reactiveness. Sure. To man, give me a world of a proactive creative team. Mm -hmm. That's that's <laughs> danger right there. Yeah. That's a cool mix. So that would be another way to advantage is get to know the metrics that and then make the cat connect the dots and be proactive and make those recommendations yeah. based off what they're telling you. But you're being database and you have those those things there to tell you that all that. Does yeah. that make sense? That yeah, no, totally. I love it. And you you I love your visual about the the dots and, and if you connect them in the right way, you can actually create something beautiful, the cat in, in that example. And you mentioned dots representing knowledge. And as a creative, obviously, you know, I'm I'm gonna have a certain amount of creative knowledge, things mm -hmm. around that sphere. But how do you gain knowledge outside of your lane? I mean, I assume you can meet with people, but are there things that, that you do to really ramp up in a certain subject? I read books. Yeah. <laughs> I read a lot of books. But this is how I read a lot of books is I only read books based. So well, actually, let me take a step back. It's we all have like those pressing problems. Yeah. Right. I need to get more projects done or I need better project management or I need blah, 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 blah. Instead of going to conferences, instead of podcasts, I like books. They're, they're peer reviewed and they cost a lot of money. So they're usually pretty well done. Yeah. Um, and I usually find, okay, what's my biggest problem this week? I'm going to go find a book on that. <laughs> and then just like in the matrix where he plugs in, he's like, I know Kung Fu, right? You just jam <laughs> through the book, but I'm hungry for the topic. If you're not hungry for the topic of the book, you're not going to read. There's no urgency behind it, yeah. but Again, everything's already been solved. It's just trying to find where it's been solved. Right? Mm -hmm. All the information's out there. So I would say how I go and learn more first is 
it's not for everybody, but yeah. I just jam through books and you don't need to read the whole book. You can get really selective on it, right? Yeah. I'll breeze through it, but that'll give you a great baseline for it that way. So that's, that's one there. Okay. Um, two, I like to just do what's called an AB test. Mm-hmm. Uh, so an AB test with your boss is you want to do, um, you want to blossom where you planted, right? And this mm-hmm. is like, you got to do your job well. Step sure. one, like jump through the hoops. Uh, if it takes you 40 hours to do your job or more than 40 hours, like get it down to so you can do your job in 40 hours, right? Yeah, yeah. Then get it so you can do it in 35 hours. Then so you can do it in 30 hours. And those extra hours in the, the day you have, those extra five hours, 10 hours, right? That's your extracurricular bucket, right? Okay. But you can only have this conversation with your boss if you're doing it really, your job really you're well. crushing it. And you say, hey, I'm going to keep doing this, but hey, I can do it this time. Hey, for this next week, I'm going to try doing this innovative way to do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then as long as you have communication with your stakeholders, doesn't have to be your boss or your stakeholders, right? Yeah. Uh, and like you need to fail. Like you, if you're not failing, if you're not like having things blow up in your face, right? If you're only winning, you're not stretching yourself hard enough. Like you, yeah, all right. You want to, um, you'll surprise yourself on again. This is the the perspective. Um, I'll talk a little bit about perspective in a minute here. Right. But um, you, especially like if you're just kind of. Again, I'm being a something here on creative, but if you have like that that set of projects you do and day in, day out, right? Yeah. But I think what Google does this is like spend 10% of your time on a pet project type of thing. Mm-hmm. So spend 10% of your time, uh, 40 hour weeks, right? Was that four hours, right? If I did the math yeah. right? Yeah. Four hours a week. That's nothing. That's like maybe an hour a day on a new innovative approach, but have communication with your stakeholders on, hey, I'm going to try it here. And this, it's okay if it fails because yeah. it's in a contained environment. Right. Um, That way. But the the word of the day here that I've alluded to earlier, but it's you're limited by your perspective. Mm -hmm. Other people have perspectives. Right. You need to widen that perspective and challenge your perspective of how you know it. Right. Mm -hmm. And always have people say, hey, correct me if I'm wrong or like push back on me. Right. Um, So work on your perspective or like, why am I, and your perspective is based off your experience and your wisdom, but also like your assumptions as well. Yeah. This is how, this is how a creative person should operate. Right. right. Challenge that. Like <laughs> as fast as industry moves, like challenge those assumptions and just again, have great communication, yeah. right. Be tied to that revenue. Right. But then just challenge them. I want to do this totally different and just light it up. Right. And just yeah. be, uh, again, convention is a safety blanket. And when you start to get unconventional, it gets really lonely really quick. <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right. Just you only with those other crazy gun conventional people. But man, no risk it, no biscuit that way. Yeah. So read, read books. Widening your perspective is another one there. Uh, again, kind of tying this back into if you're just if you're succeeding and you're not failing on anything, you're missing out, yeah. right? You need to have that stretch goal. We, I always say that 70% is 100%, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, you don't want to have bad designs or half-baked things or things that break, right? But it's like a, a volume thing or a um, you want to be able to um, always be okay. Because again, with I remember in college writing papers, you know, with writing, it's there's no such thing as a perfect paper it's impossible it's all up to interpretation yeah. so you can work on it forever and still find ways to improve it i assume sure. the same thing is creative yeah, you got to totally. know what's enough what's not too less or too too much and just that sweet spot in the middle because yeah. this is an acceptable range for what we need to go do that's done is better than perfect like how do you how do you address that I, i'd love to yeah. know from your side of like, yeah because you can always chew on stuff more totally no that's a great uh question and something that i 
battle all the time is, uh, and especially around delegation, maybe, you know, you mentioned it's uh, up to interpretation. It's subjective. You know, I may have one way of doing it and then I hand it off to someone else and they do it differently. And I have to check myself. Am I just trying to project my ideas or what I think is good on someone else's stuff or, or am I giving them the freedom to express themselves within the brand and, and different things. And, and so, yeah, it is, uh, something that, that I'm always working on and I'm, and I'm sure lots of creatives are like, uh, even with my own stuff, it's, it's rare that I'm totally satisfied with, uh, something I've created. It's more like hmm. I've reached a point where it's good enough or, or I'm ready to abandon it and move to the next thing. And, and that, that goes along with that done is better than perfect because, if we're handcuffed by this idea of perfection and, and I yeah. love that you say that there's no such thing as a perfect paper, then things never get done and you're not allowing yourself to. Fail. Yeah. Like diminishing returns is probably the word of the day there you for go. that. And it's, you want to have the rip cord of like, I can go to this part then I got to rip it. Right. Yeah. But then you also have a prioritization exercise you want to do. And that prioritization is really a, uh, you can be told what the priority is, right? But that's where I would challenge the priority because it's impact to input, right? So um, prioritize, have the, the, I guess I'm really big on like boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? So your values, boundaries, and then your goals are your destination. So you wanna have that playing field to stay in. As long as you're staying in that playing field, you're good, but stay in the playing field, right? Right. And then your, your trajectory uh, challenge that too. So like with your projects or what you want to be impacting in day in, day out. Right. Um, like you just have to make sure that you're staying in that, that zone, which you always have to iterate and pressure test because yeah. you're, you're going to get that challenge constantly. Yeah. So. And, and I, and that brings up another good point I think is, you know, here where we both work, we have a, uh, value of iterative innovation mm. and, uh, this idea of, working quickly with stakeholders or or others to help maybe define those boundaries and maybe maybe it's dynamic maybe those boundaries can can move a little bit um at least in the creative world you know a lot of those who are requesting things from us they have an idea of what they want but they Mm. they're not a creative and so a lot of times i'll i'll ask uh the creative team to you know, submit or three three options and, and do them quick. They don't have to be um, detailed things. It's like, let's uh, create something in line with what the requester, the stakeholder is asking. Let's create something that is more in line with what you would like to do, how, how you would like to mm-hmm. put yourself into this. And then maybe the Goldilocks zone version, something somewhere in between. And, and my experience has been that... Uh, Either that stakeholder chooses that in-between version that mm. kind of pushes the boundaries a little bit or um, or at least gets the wheels turning on what's possible and, and helps yeah. us get feedback quicker. Again, it's the speed to trust. How yeah. fast do they trust you? Like so, again, ride along just to do what you're told provide value. Oh, wow. They're, they're, they're hitting what I'm doing. Right. But then it's that gain trust moment, right? As soon as they trust you on that call. And again, I probably say I would assumption here, but I would assume they wouldn't trust you on your recommendation is, Oh, this creative person doesn't understand 
as a sales cycle, doesn't understand this, doesn't understand this. So again, if you do, again, spend an extra hour a month just trying to get to know that a little bit more and being proactive on this. Like, hey, I've seen this, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I've seen that proactiveness of finding a way, but it goes back to trust. and. And that, tr- and uh, think through why wouldn't they trust me on this call? Yeah. And just be like, step out of yourself and look back at you, and say, hmm, you know, why wouldn't they trust me? And they're probably justified. Like, I, I, you can be like, I actually know nothing about the sales process. So I'd be <laughs> way off. It reminds me of like music artists or even like NBA players. Of I, I use the example of LeBron James a lot, or of like when he was this like prodigal son or this. Uh, not part of time, but he's more of this like prodigy. Prodigy is probably yeah. the word to say. Yeah, coming out. Of, uh, so then he's like, okay, yeah, go get the ring, yeah. and then he's scrutinized for that. Now go get another ring, and <laughs> go get another ring, right? But now he's even though the Lakers are home for him, like I was born in L.A., so yeah. you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I have an ex- I have a good reason why uh, birthright, right? Yeah. Um, but he's in the mogul stage right now, where he's he's proven himself. He's in the established state, mm-hmm. right, where he doesn't need to be chasing a ring, you know, that way. You know, whereas other people need to get that ring and they get the next ring and whatever, but you yeah. get to an established point where then you're trusting you're going right. So you need to understand where you're at on that. Uh, and like with musicians, right? A lot of times, I was actually reading the the Foo Fighters autobiography. I forgot his name. Um, Dave Grohl. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome um, uh, book, especially Audible. He does his own uh, voice in it. And there's oh, music great. intermixed with it. It's really well done. Nice. But he talked about when he was on the uh, before the Foo Fighters, he was oh, on Nirvana, Nirvana yeah. right? And he talked about how he was like punk band, emo band, uh, you know, his whole upbringing, whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like, we're not going to sell it to society whatever. <laughs> right. But they got to a popularity threshold. Of now they're seeing people wearing those backward hats, you know, football jerseys at their concert, the people that they hate right. and all that stuff, but they're liking the music. So they had to decide. Do I sell out to the stakeholder, to the crowd and ride the popularity wave, but like go against your, what's kind of really in here in yourself and again, going to the masses compared to your niche. Right. Um, and it was like a hard, hard decision for them. And then they understood, they, they changed their value set a little bit of like, okay, like we're going to widen it a little bit here, but you know, we're definitely going to be like, you know, not like (laughs) accepting them that way, but that's the same thing of like doing your own style compared to your stakeholders, right? Sometimes you have to get established first. Sure. But then once you have the establishment, like you want to double down on that. Like, Hey, yeah. like I did this before and worked really well. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I love that. And, uh, th- that idea of building trust and knowing where you are on that, uh, trust spectrum or whatever, because I think as designers, we have, uh, the, tendency to to fall into this mode of like oh we're we're designers and and who are these non-designers um trying to weigh in on what is or is not good design but in the end there there are some objective measurements right i mean with uh metrics you know how well did that design perform on linkedin as an ad versus another and uh and so yeah i i try to you know, coach designers, other creatives to realize that good ideas can come from anyone. And, and just, just what you're saying, if, if you want them to eventually respect you as a designer, you need to respect what they do and, and learn more about um, those metrics and, and what works and what doesn't. Walk, walk a mile in the shoe. Like yeah. I would say, especially if it's like a sales stakeholder or, 
um, whatever, like go to an onsite. Yeah. Right. You, you obviously, it's not foreign for creative people to go to conferences, like go to the onsite where they're doing a pr- presentation of that sales deck that you've done a thousand times that you roll your eyes over, right? And see like how it's actually delivered, mm-hmm. right? Or get a recording of it, right? A lot of digital meetings, whatever. We have plenty totally, of that, right? Totally. But like, get in, like expand your perspective a little bit. So then you can use that as your own case study. Like, yeah, I was on site for this customer when they present the deck. And actually, I think that's the whole drawing the cat there, right? Yeah. Because you're you're widening your out your your dots and you're connecting more lines out there. And then with your creating your creative skill set and experience then then wow, they, they have a whole <laughs> world to imagine there. So don't be afraid to just ask for that. Again, that's that's more of a you're establishing you want to get to that next level. This is a kind of a iterative innovation, right? Like yeah. step on step, right? That's kind of more of an advanced play there. But like someone like you, Ike, I would say like Sneak onto an onsite somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah. Go to on that roadshow, right? Yeah. I'm waiting for the next Hawaii onsite. I'll, I'll be there. You know, we we, we got a good amount of those. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, no, that's excellent, and and you've dropped a lot of uh, awesome knowledge on this uh, this podcast episode, and and really helped us raise the bar. So I appreciate you uh, what you've shared up to this point, and just want to turn it over to you. Is there any last thoughts, things that uh, you think the the audience would would really or should take away from this yeah well first i just have to relay back to you just how impressed i am with you ike just what we've been interacting for the last three and a half years give or take crazy time flies right but just that let's go get it done right and have just you always have that positive energy Right. Which is, which is awesome. So I think that carries through all the work. So for the listeners out there, just, I would say like listening to how Ike operates and his mannerisms, because Mm -hmm. they'll definitely set you apart. And I don't know if you ever told your whole story in in this yet, but you need to. Uh, So that'd be for another one, but I'll do that. You you told me that (laughs) lagoon, I think two years ago or so that way I was like blown away. I was like, wow, this guy has a story. So, Uh, but again, what I would say to the listeners here, it's not about climbing the ladder. It's about your lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Some people want to shoot the moon, climb up the ladder. Some people are just content as where they're at. But you need to be intentional with your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's really going to help answer a lot of these questions of what you put into your career. Mm-hmm. But grow your lifestyle. Don't grow your career. Your career is a function of your lifestyle. And that's the most creative part you can get at is... How can you be? Uh, how can you add your creative background into your life? Yeah. Right? It doesn't mean you're you know you're designing on you know you're just a you know locking yourself in a room and designing all the time. No, it's like life, that vibrancy, that that intentional lifestyle. Yeah. Right. So challenge, like look at your lifestyle, challenge these assumptions, challenge the the direction, the trajectory of your life. Right. But then use your creative skill set. Uh, to and again, I, I really believe that creative folks have that unique skill set, right? Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like try to like write down your skill sets. And if you just say, "Oh, I can design a one page," no, 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 like really, what is that? You can take information and present it creatively, right? But apply it to your life. So, I'm a huge lifestyle guy. That I that's what I'm really passionate about, and I live it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but don't be afraid to be unconventional. 
if you are feeling alone by going rogue or going conventional, right, just communicate, right? People don't need to understand you, but you need to be heard on your direction. I, I like to say it's with your own mind, you drive down the road pretty far, but everyone else is like very like, you know, maybe like a couple streets in, right? Yeah. They're not as far down the road as you are. So you got to go back to where they are and catch them up with your, where you're at. Not for everybody, sure. but for the right people, like your boss or your significant, you know, other or your family, right? Mm -hmm. Get those people caught up to you. Don't talk to them where you're at. Talk to them where <laughs> they're at. Catch them up a little bit and get people rooting for you. And that's where you, you can do no wrong. Get people yeah. to root for you. Uh, just live that good, good, clean life. And you just <laughs> roll punches. So Awesome. Awesome. Oh, so good. And and I hope uh, our listeners have found value in this. Uh, this is something I would recommend, you know, listen to this a few times, get out there, read those books, uh, listen to those books, whatever it takes. And final thing, Bryce, uh, I can imagine the, the tens and tens of people who will be listening to this, hopefully more down the road. <laughs> um, they may want to reach out to you and uh, pick your brain a little bit more or engage with you on some level, what what are the best ways to connect with you, Bryce? I mean, if they made it this far in the podcast, I, like <laughs> I'm not saying anything, like you have to meet with me, <laughs> right? Great. So if you made it this far, right, the tens and tens, right, yeah. it's gonna be hundreds of hundreds, right? LinkedIn, just, you know, it's just, you'll find me pretty easy on there, connect with Ike. So just reach out on LinkedIn, get time. Um, I'm, I'm publishing a book, next next year pretty fun so cool. uh, i can't say the title yet but it's yeah. all about uh finding your authentic potential which is pretty rad so great i'll i'll be getting that first copy and uh again been a pleasure bryce and thanks for your time and, and hope we can do this uh, again sometime yeah, anytime Mike. okay see what did i tell you the man's got lots of good ideas so yeah this is one you're going to want to listen to again and again. Also, remember that the best thing you can do to help this podcast grow and keep them episodes flowing is tell your friends, your family, colleagues, and even that guy you're always passing in the toy aisles at Walmart. Keep on creating, my friends. Until next time, this is your butt-kicking, total gym-loving, ginger martial artist, Ike Norris. I mean, all red. Signing off. Create or die.